When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome one and all to the Barcelona podcast brought to you by Francis Tomas, who is an ESPN FC fame plus the Guardian and Dan Hilton where if you've been reading through the years on Barca blog, you see my work as well. We're delighted you are here, taking the opportunity to listen to some of our opinionated takes from the hottest breaking stories around the camp. New, If you're new here, please consider subscribing on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud, on our Facebook page as well. And at any point in the podcast, you can check out that website as barcelblog.com or go to our Facebook page and get involved in the conversation. And Frances, it's about time to get started, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Great to be here. Well, the first question today, we start with the big dog, and that is Lionel Messi. He's the one making headlines again, as he does every week. And this is some pretty good stuff, though, Frances. Positive news for the Argentinian. Messi's new contract could be official next month. The deal with FC Barcelona is a new deal agreed until 2021 with an additional year option. And without a doubt, of course, Messi's renewal would be the biggest piece of business that Barcelona could do this summer, regardless of any of the other players that they bring in, simply because that keeps the greatest player the club and maybe the world has ever seen at FC Barcelona for a little bit longer. Plus, he's also getting married in Rosario, of course his hometown, to longtime sweetheart that he grew up with, Antonella, on June 30th. And then a week before that, on June 24th, so that's next week, he will turn the big 3-0, and then on July 12th, he'll return back to Barcelona for the preseason. And so of all that news, Frances, the one thing I don't hear is that he will not be in a major international tournament this summer for the first time in quite some time. 
Definitely. And that is fantastic news. Um, Messi should have his face stamped on the Barcelona logo for years to come. He's the best player we've ever had. He's undoubtedly the best player we've got now. And uh, what he's done for the club is, is words escape me, really. Um, as a Catalan myself and lifelong Barca fan, I've never seen anything like it. Um, you walk around the city and, you know, in the years of Rivaldo, Romario and years gone past, you could sense that the city, you know, had the football team and had that special idol, the, the player that was leading the team. But since Messi um, started as a first-team player, it's been all about him. Um, since his debut, Barca have won 30 titles. Uh, Real Madrid have got 14 in that period. And uh, that speaks wonders. He is the best player of all time and uh, head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, I take into account even this past season, which you'd, you, I guess you'd call it a down year, but he had 54 goals and 11 assists in a down season. Um, but I think that just is a testament to the fact that the success of Messi in a, in a given season is directly connected to the success of the club. So if the club doesn't win the Champions League in the Liga, you call the season a failure for Messi, though Messi had 54 goals, as we mentioned. He had that huge goal in El Clasico that we had talked about in prior weeks. And even in that time when Neymar and Luis Suarez weren't scoring goals, Messi was still pounding in goals at a rapid rate and winning Barcelona La Liga games that, again, it took the 60th, 70th minute to break some of those deadlocks. And as we we're talking about this, Frances, yes, it's great to tie him down, but even looking at the smaller picture of this season, again, getting a new contract, getting married, those are all positive things that will inject life into Messi, but most importantly, I think, is the lack of international competition for him. I think we're downplaying, and fans do forget that the emotional toll of not only losing to Germany in extra time in the 2014 World Cup, then finishing runners-up to Chile in both the 2015-2016 Copa Americas, that puts so much pressure on him, and then having to retire, feeling like he didn't have a place anymore, then coming back from retirement, all of that kind of, for his you know, for international duty, as far as Lionel Messi goes, wasn't just going out and let's hope Messi doesn't get injured. Again, just the emotional toll to have to be on your highest clip all year round. And yet again, still scoring 54 goals after coming off three summers like that just tells you how good Messi is. And I look back to the 2011-2012 season when he scored 73 goals. Again, an unbelievable single season for Messi. That's the kind of year that with his first year off, basically, we'll say since then, that that could not necessarily be a goal, but could Messi be a 73-goal scorer again? He, he could be. I mean, with Messi himself, it's all about how he wants to play it. Um, if he wants to have a season in which he scores 73-plus goals, then that's going to be really great from an individual perspective. But And we're seeing it with some of the players in the NBA, even, in terms of LeBron James and... Um, uh, Russell Westbrook and players like that, uh, the the more that they play for their own stats, the, the less successful the team tends to be. Um, obviously, yeah, you can get to finals and you can get to the end of the season with a chance, but um, at the end of the day, I think it's, it comes to how much do you get the other players involved. Um, I like to see a repeat of the 2015 season of the Barca with Neymar, Suarez and Messi scoring round about 40 to 50 goals each. And then if that happens, without a doubt, we're going to have a chance of winning the next Champions League. Um, if Messi raises his stats and, by extension, 
Suarez and Neymar go down slightly, which is sort of what's happened this season, particularly in Neymar's position, then I think the team are going to suffer in that respect. Now, obviously, in terms of Messi, only player in history to win five Ballon d'Ors, uh, 29 trophies with Barca, eight La Ligas, four Champions League titles, five Copas del Rey. He's got the most official goals scored in a season uh, in La Liga with 50, 349 La Liga goals since he made his debut, uh, 73 goals in a season, which is the most in Euro, as you've mentioned. Um, he's got the most assists made in La Liga ever with 137 and even the Copa America as well with 11. He's scored over 500 senior career goals. But all of those stats, as impressive as they are, they need to mean something for the team. Now, at Barca, yes, we love Messi. And as I said at the start, he is synonymous of, of the city of Barcelona and he is in everyone's hearts. But we cannot forget that he's a player for a club. He's not the, the player that owns the club. So... As much as we love Messi, it will come to a point that he will have to leave and he will have to retire or his, uh, maybe his performance decreases. But what will be remembered is Messi was a great player, fine, fair enough, but he was a great player who helped the team get better. And in the coming season, I actually would like to see less of Messi scoring, but more of Messi enabling the people around him, not just the front three, but uh, the people the players that come from the from the attacking midfield, such as hopefully Rafinha, Denis Suarez stepping up. Uh, I know we'll touch on hopefully Berratti uh, in the podcast later on or maybe in our next episode. But um, not just the front three have to lead the way. It has to be messy influencing everybody for the team as a whole to become more effective and ultimately win titles as a result. Yeah, and I think... The older he gets and he shifts from the wing in centrally, I think you're going to get your wish, Frances, that he's going to be much more involved in all of the buildup and not the final product as opposed to, you know, at the beginning of his career, he was part of both his own buildup and his own final product. And now, you know, he's moved into being the guy that they look for in making that last run into the box. But I think, yeah, I think the older he gets, he's going to move into that. And Frances, as you were saying that, you got me thinking about his legacy overall. And a question I have when looking at some of the other news, of all the positive news, again, that negative news with the the legal stuff and the tax stuff going on, do you think that that does play a part or will in the future play a part in his legacy at the club? That's a very, very deep question. Um, it's actually very current as well because I don't know if he made it to the States, but um, Catalonia are having a, a vote for independence on the 1st of October 2017. Um, Pep Guardiola actually spoke to the masses um, yesterday, I believe, and uh, said that Catalonia need to push the barriers and, and make, sort of make their own way into becoming a country that they so rightfully deserve to be. Now, obviously, that, that's going to have to be voted for, and uh, there's a lot of people in Catalonia that support independence. There's also a huge amount of people that just feel quite uncomfortable with the idea. So we'll have to see what the people decide in the democratic vote. But um, in terms of Messi and the tax fraud and, and, and all the news and, and that seem to always try to pay Messi in a negative way, I think there's a, there's a clear link as to the political situation of Catalonia as a country or an area within Spain and uh, how disfavorable 
the news tend to be towards Messi. Mascherano has suffered it as well. Neymar has suffered it as well. And uh, yeah, the rumor does have it that Ronaldo and Iker Casillas have been involved in dodgy business of the same sort. And uh, the media have been very, very quiet about it. And uh, it makes you wonder why the, the Spanish media tends to always magnify anything that affects Messi or Barca in such a huge proportion to the silencing they do for the others. But uh, it's something that, you know, we are used to. We, we know that that happens. And uh, does it affect Messi when he puts his Barca top on? No, I don't really think so at all. But obviously it is annoying. And uh, if he hadn't been born and bred with us and been with us since age 13, maybe he could have considered leaving. But uh, it's part and parcel of what being in Catalonia right now is. is always going to be some sort of weird news coming from, from centrally, um, central areas such as Madrid and uh, trying to, let's say, affect Barcelona's day-to-day -day life as a result. Yeah, Francis, between Catalonian independence and Brexit, you certainly have had a busy few months for yourself. Definitely, and um, the British election um, it has also just happened, so loads of uh, political changes. But uh, you've got Donald Trump, so I don't think you can say too much either. <laughs> well, we shouldn't say too much of that again. That's always in the news. But uh, one guy who's not in the news too much on the Barcelona side of things, uh, Jeremy Matu. And we haven't talked about him much all season long just because he's a guy that has only appeared 16 times a season for the club after appearing 41 times his first season in year one and then 34 appearances under Luis Enrique in year two. And now it looks like he's reportedly close to a move to Turkish side Fenerbahce. France international that was going to play at the Euros 2016 got injured, replaced by, of course, none other than Samuel Mtiti. He also has offers reportedly does Matu from Olympiakos in Greece as well. And these this all being reported uh, by a publication called The Fanatic. And The Fanatic has also said that uh, some of these deals have already been agreed upon with those clubs. But now, of course, Matu is going to have to take place the negotiations with Barcelona. And he's a player that, you know, it, you saw him briefly in the 3 nothing loss to Juventus in Turin. Uh, but other than that, again, he's attracting this he, again, he's a Barcelona player, so he is attracting some recognition from Sporting Lisbon, Marseille. You know, you're looking at not the major leagues, but leagues in Portugal, France, Turkey, Greece. And those are the ones that are going to attract players like Matu, as we mentioned, one year left on his deal. Um, but I think he's a player, Frances, and you'll probably agree with this, that the fans won't miss. But I think what you and I can at least debate a little bit is that I wouldn't say his time at Barcelona was a complete failure merely because he was important his first year around making the 41 appearances. And I think he was, again, brought over to be a veteran defender. And if he's transitioned from playing 41 times to just being a voice on the bench in 16 appearances, I think that still says that it may have been a little bit of a success in his time. Yeah, it was difficult at the start because most people wouldn't understand why back in 2014, Barca would go for a 31-year-old defender who people in Valencia actually knew as the smoker. Um, he was famous for smoking after games and uh, after training on a daily basis, which to me is just bizarre if you're a professional athlete. But um, yeah, he signed in 2014, uh, 20 million euros, which you know at the time we thought it was a bit too much for a player that wasn't necessarily going to improve what was already here. 
Um, having said that, I agree with you. He hasn't been a failure. He's played quite a great part, particularly during the first couple of seasons. Um, I remember, for example, that he won as a Clásico in 2015. Um, he scored his first La Liga goal in the 2-1 win at the Camp Nou, which, which was great. Um, he was also crucial in one of the ligas that we were chasing, um, I think it was a couple of seasons back as well. He scored the only goal uh, in an away win at Celta de Vigo, which gave the team um, the chance to win that league as well. So he's had a couple of, he hasn't scored too many goals, but when he has, they have been important. A little bit like Iniesta, but obviously at a lesser scale. And um, yeah, in the last year particularly, he hasn't really made the team. Um, he's going to be 34 years old in October. So, you know, the end of his career is certainly coming um, slowly but surely. And uh, yeah, he's a player that we, we do like him. I mean, personally, I think he's done quite a good job. But um, in life, you need to know when it's time to, to move on. And uh, if he's got offers from, I would say, lesser teams in Spain or offers to go to Greece or anything of the sort, I think he's got a couple, say, a couple of three more seasons for him to continue to um, play as a professional, hopefully get his last contract elsewhere. But what is clear is that at this moment in time, he just doesn't have it to stay at Barca. Um, I just throw one stat that I thought was quite shocking when I was doing my research for the for the episode. This year, 16 appearances, which you have said, only 13 of those come in La Liga, and not all of them have been a start. But listen to this, 66 balls won, so that is roughly five per game. But he's lost 128 balls in those same appearances. So basically, this season, he's won around five balls per game, and lost around nine per game. And if you're a defender, that's not really very good at all. So um, I think the right thing, the right thing of the ball for him. He was brought in for his versatility, is what my thinking was. And now with modern football being the way it is, where sometimes we saw Chelsea do it, of course, all season, Juventus has done it in the past, where they're playing three of the back. Once Samuel Umtiti showed up, Matu was you know, completely surplus. Because now when they play three at the back, it's, you know, Mascherano, PK, and Umtiti can be that three. And so Matu, even in the role that he could play now, as he's lost a few steps, as you had mentioned, you know, he didn't even have a place to get those appearances. So if you're not playing at all, I'm not surprised at all the statistics you're telling me that he did struggle when he even made the field because he wasn't on the field very often. Um, and particularly, he was another guy that, being at his age, you know, you'd see that he was sitting out of practice another day. And instead, Marlon Santos had been called up to practice with the first team. And, you know, when you get to that age, you know, as you near your mid-30s, yes, you have a lot of life left, but your football life, as you mentioned, you know, it's difficult to beat father time. And so the older you get, the more knocks you pick up and the easier it is to pick up injuries. Um, and so for Matt, too, you know, I'm surprised, Frances, but we both agreed he had a pretty decent career for the time for the, you know, the three seasons he was there, particularly with the first season, which, again, he was an important part of that defensive core and, you know, helped win a Champions League, helped win La Liga, and helped win the Copa del Rey numerous times. So for Jeremy Matu, you know, whether we get $2 million for him to 5 or $6 million, somewhere in that window, depending on whichever club it is, of course, I think most cools would say that they would wish him well uh, as he moves on. Yeah, I agree. I think that he has done his time with us. Um, he has been really useful over the years, but uh, at this moment in time, it's just whether you keep Mascherano or you keep Mattia, really. 
And I think in terms of what Mascherano brings, in terms of um, capacity to, to react, in terms of know-how, in terms of positioning, in terms of moral support for his teammates, and obviously that connection with Messi as well, if you have to pick between the two, then it's hands down for Mascherano to stay one more season. Although, and I know this is in passing, I don't see Mascherano playing too many games next year, um, particularly because Umtiti, I think he's been a revelation this year, but he has to really establish himself as a regular starter in the coming years. And you're not going to move Piquet out of the team because, as we said in our previous podcast, he's been exceptional. So um, if, if there is to be a third central defender that's certainly not Mattia next year he hasn't been this year and uh, if you're going to keep one of the two Mascherano has to be the one well rotating as you mentioned the defenders next year transitions us perfectly into our fan mail question of the day as we ask the final question and this comes from Snaba and they ask what do you think of rotating MSN or of course Messi Suarez Neymar and use them more for tougher games next season And, of course, bringing injuries down and getting fresher players at the end of the season could help better rotate the players. Um, As currently no one at Barcelona, I mean, players outside of Barcelona don't believe, and the recent Pedro Rodriguez had left a few seasons ago, that, you know, players just don't believe they're going to get the time. But in the coming season, Saba's asking if they're able to rotate them a little better, maybe maybe other players outside will believe that they'll get the minutes that they think they deserve, and how will that help? at the end of the season. And Frances, I think this is a question we've been constantly asked the last few years. And I think it's a difficult question to ask. And I think it's all circumstantial where the rotation of course can happen other than Lionel Messi. I think all other players can understand that sitting out a few times in November and December will help you be at your fittest when hopefully Barcelona is fighting for the champions league in May. And I think most players would agree with that, particularly the ones over 30 now, including Luis Suarez. And of course, Messi will always want to play every minute, but he's always seemingly been willing when he's been rested to be rested and and not cause too much of a fuss. But the problem with that, Frances, and the other side of the coin is that if you're not getting results with those backups and you find the team is six points behind in La Liga in the title race in February, then MSN has to play every game. Um, even if it's against, like, this season, newly promoted Levente, they have to play because you have to get a result. If you can't trust your backups, then rotation is meaningless because you're not going to be winning trophies. So I think it's circumstantial. Now, if Barcelona's nine points up in February, of course, you know, throw in everybody else. You know, Iniesta's, of course, on the bench if you're up nine points in March. But if that's not the case, then I I think you have to play the, the starting 11 down the stretch just because you have no other option. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of um, February onwards. The best players have to play. Um, but um, I think before that, it has to be Alcácer stepping up. It has to be Denis Suarez stepping up. It has to be Rafinha stepping up. Um, it has to be whoever we promote from La Masia or Barca B this summer that have to take some playing time there as well. Um, of course, I mean, just looking at Messi's stats over the last, say, seven, eight seasons, this is number of appearances. 52, this 2016-17, so 52 appearances, and then going back in time, 49, 57, 46, 50, 60 games he played back in 2012, 55, 53, 51. Now, Messi has been at the top of his game, and he is essential to Barca, as he would be for any team that um, he played in his career, which hopefully is only going to be us. But my point is, 
Messi wants to play every second of every game. Now, because Messi is allowed, and I say this in the sort of less official part of the world, because he is allowed, he's allowed to do that, then Neymar has wanted the same and Suarez has wanted the same. Now, I think, and this links to the first question that we had today, I think Messi needs to play less. Um, if, if he means that he's going to be fitter at the end of the year, so when titles are really, really up for grabs, then he has to he has to play less. He has to accept that he needs to rest because by him resting, then you're actually, in a way, forcing everyone else to, to take a step forward. Um, I've got high hopes for Alcácer in his second season. Um, this is something that we mentioned in our previous podcast, which I seriously recommend all our listeners to go back to as well. In the, in the previous podcast, we said that Alcácer's second part of the season had been very encouraging. And uh, I think he's only going to continue to grow. Um, adapting to having a fourth forward role cannot be easy. And, uh, but I think that adaptation has now finished. So the more we see Alcácer, the, the least we see Messi, Suárez and Neymar, the better. And uh, the more you enable your team to take a step forward, the better it's going to be for the team as a whole. And ultimately, once February, March come, hopefully Alcácer... And Suarez, Rafinha can actually be pushing for a starting spot in the starting eleven. Something which you know, like Madrid have done with Isco, Isco and Bale. There was a huge debate before the Champions League final as to which one of the two should be starting. But if you only trust your star players that have cost a lot of money, then Bale should have started that game, regardless of any injuries. But he didn't. It was Isco that was given the go ahead, and that was because throughout the season he proved himself with the time he was given that he had the skills and the know-how to be there. And actually, he was given the start, which I think hats off to him. So that is something that we would like to see happening at Barca as well. And that's a challenge that I, as you you mentioned, some of those, again, players that you want to step up, Denis Suarez and Akaser, and uh, the players that need to be better reinforcements this season so that rotation can happen. Um, something that a lot of fans keep asking us, is you know naming other players that they want to see new players to be brought in that they think would be better backups behind the front three. And so the question of the day and the question and the challenge I pose to a lot of our fans on social media, what players would you sign for Barcelona this summer? Now, you have been giving us feedback, but the challenge I have for you is other than Verratti, Dembele, and Semedo, and the ones that you hear constantly linked, see if you can give us some that we necessarily haven't heard or a little bit off the radar um, and see if you think that they would be a better fit into Barcelona. So, of course, you can let us know about that in the comment section below. And remember that some of our most passionate reviews come from you and help make the Barcelona podcast better and help the community to thrive. So we want to thank you for listening today. Definitely subscribe for this podcast for more Just Like It. And if you know anybody who loves Barcelona as much as you do, you can share the podcast with them. Get them involved. Again, get everybody talking about it. Hit the like button. Because, of course, this is the Barcelona Podcast, our mission to bring you the hottest breaking stories from the Camp Nou. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. And Forza Barca. Forza Barca.